here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back in. We're sliding into week 11, uh, starting to see a little light at the end of the tunnel here. Welcome back to the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott here with you. Uh, going to go down some waiver wire pickups. Uh, some injuries happened this week that, that have pushed some names that, you know, may have been on the radar if you had the player and, and, and handcuffs and things like that, but um, are definitely going to push some of these players to the forefront. Some standout games, maybe out of the blue. And whether or not that player is worthy of your uh, worthy of your roster, uh, you know, some streamers there for quarterbacks and tight ends and defensively, if you're not already set in stone. Uh, and then we'll go back to our starts and sits. Uh, I see here where somebody enjoys doing fantasy football research with pumpkin spiced coffee. Uh, you realize this is a, a football podcast, right? Yes. Yes. That's also okay. going to we're going to start doing a, uh, a coffee uh, tasting podcast as well. I think, uh, you know, this, this podcasting am, thing I thought was difficult, but it's really easy. So I'm just going to podcast, I think, everything now. I am a hardcore top of the morning midnight oil blend. Uh, it is uh, just amazing coffee, by the way. I will put that out there. Midnight oil, huh? That's top like of the type morning. Of- yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a dark roast. Uh, Jack Septa guy, the uh, uh, gamer uh, who's, you know, Mayor watches him and he's, he's, Pretty fun to watch. Irish kid, great entertainer. Uh, but he actually has a coffee company and they made it. And I was like, what the hell? I'll try it. And it's, dude, it's awesome. Uh, I will put that out there. Thank you, Jack, for that. <laughs> not a sponsor, but. No, no, yeah. not, not yet. Sponsor Maybe, the show. May, we will reach out to him. Uh, actually, his name is Sean. <laughs> but yeah, we will. Uh, we might reach out to you and see if you're interested in doing a uh, sponsorship with your coffee company for an American uh, fantasy football podcast. That'd be awesome. <laughs> So, uh, so how was your how was your week this week, fantasy wise? Uh, well, not not good. I mean, in, in our league of record, for instance, uh, it was nice. I put up the second most points in the league. I got to see what I had hoped to achieve with having Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey in my backfield. Jalen Hurts played well across the board. Uh, my flex, I could have I could have done better there, but. Yeah, it's nice when you put up the the second most points in the league and you get beat by fifty because the other guy had Pat Mahomes going for him. It's it's like the same feeling of like as you're finishing your shower, you have to take a crap, so you immediately just ruin the entire concept of taking a shower, cleaning your body, and then have to sit there with wet butt cheeks in shame, do it, and then probably jump back in the shower and just finish off again. Yeah, same feeling, I would say. Yeah, well, I guess I guess week eleven is going to be your chance to jump back in the shower then, because. Uh... Yeah, that was that was pretty rough. I I, I made the a, a very similar uh, error there, and uh, well, maybe not an error in your case, but I, I made a, a pretty big boo boo there that cost me cost me the week and and cost me a win. So uh, I'm feeling you know, both feeling a little low today about our uh, our league of record teams so far, but uh, we got a big matchup against each other this week in our dynasty league. I don't know if you uh, were aware of that, but uh, yeah, we go head to head. I think for the only time in this in this league, I believe. Yeah, you've been you've been kind of on cruise control uh, in that league. I, I've been up and down. I've had some decent weeks and some not so decent weeks. This past week, I think I I did win finally. 
So I'm like at a 500 clip or it's like you and like one or two other teams that are kind of doing it. looks like that's a, a point total, I guess, for differential. There's no real divisions or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to maybe, I guess, make the playoffs in that. I guess that's how it goes. I'm still getting used to the uh, super flex dynasty, <laughs> all that stuff, uh, you know, fab budgets and, and things like that. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I will probably lose, uh, you know, knowing the way my luck goes. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I do. I think that league is a, uh, I want to say it's a total points league or a, it's technically a record league, but it goes all the way to week 18. And I think it's obviously the team with the best record wins. And, it, and then if there's any, you know, if there's two, two or three teams tied, I think it goes to total points scored. So I believe okay. that's how that works. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, like I said, this is this is our first year in that league. So, um, but I believe that's the way that works. Oh, okay. So yeah, there are, I guess, uh, some things that'll hopefully pan out. I guess uh, you know, uh, points wise, I haven't been doing that well. And then I'm in one other league. I know you're in like five or six, but I took took a beating in the other league too. But eh, you know, it is what it is. There's still a few. That's why we're doing this too for everybody out there. We're having a couple struggles uh you know in the last maybe week or two but it doesn't mean things can't shake loose um i mean i know of one guy in our league that uh, back in the day uh was pretty much down for the count and then week after week just started crushing people won a title uh actually renamed his team don't call it a comeback uh it was your brother mike who, who you know is a uh, fantasy football savant and uh, knows what he's doing when it comes down to things and and you know hopefully i can catch that wave myself this season <laughs> Yeah, man, it's just like regular football. Whoever is uh, whoever is at their peak during the playoffs is is uh, the team that you know is going to end up winning it. So, uh, part of what we do here is hopefully getting you ready for that that playoff stretch and and uh, you know getting some guys on your roster that are going to help you get into the playoffs and then hopefully take down those playoff wins as well. So, you uh, you ready to jump into the the waiver wires for week eleven? Diving in uh, to the waiver wires, yes. Um, I guess, you know, leading off, we'll go to the, probably the most important position, and that would be the running back position. Uh, for those of you that were keeping score, uh, there was a sprained MCL to one Aaron Jones, who has, you know, been been a solid top six, seven running back uh, for the last year or two once Green Bay had finally unleashed him on the league. Uh, so I believe that they're going to be looking to replace him. Well, you've had a pretty capable back, ironically, since last year. He came on uh, second half of last year and, and has been very good complimentary. Um, it, that would probably be the one and only quad father, A.J. Dillon. Uh, he is going to take over the lion's share of, of carries and targets and touches. For a bigger back, he can. he's actually kind of nimble. He can make plays out of the backfield receiving uh, this past week against Seattle, stepped up and in our league dropped close to 27 total points. Um, he's a guy that if he is out there, run to the front of the line. You're talking about an offense that's one of the most dynamic in the league. You have Aaron Rodgers just watching what he's able to do in a complimentary role where, uh, again, even with Jones in there and he's had one, two, three. He's had three other double-digit performances. Uh, he's been capable as a flex. Now he's going to get thrust into borderline RB1 territory uh, and looks to be more than capable of taking care of that. So if A.J. Dillon is available, uh, just throw people out of the way, puppies, small children, get to the front of that line. Uh, he should be, uh, in in my opinion, I think he's going to be priority waiver 
uh, one for for this week and, and can carry over for a couple of weeks, depending on how Aaron Jones goes with the MCL sprain. Yeah, Jones avoided the IR, which means that I believe that the Packers are hoping and believing that he'll be back, you know, before that three week um, short term IR, you know, term sort of runs out. So uh, a week or two is is right now what I'm hearing anyway, as far as, you know, how long he'll be out. But with those sprains and things like that, I mean, those are things that they don't get better with you. So even moving forward, I think, you know, we saw Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, you know, the, the past few years sort of, you know, on that 65, 35, you know, split and Jones was the lead guy. And, and obviously Williams was, was the backup. And, and I think that Dylan has already started to sort of fill that role. And I think that moving forward, he may continue to get more carries just to keep some of that, you know, workload off of Aaron Jones. So I do think he's a great pickup. He's the, the number one pickup I have for this week. He's a great spot start for this week, but I don't think he's just a spot start for this week. I do think his value is going to continue. Um, like like you said, he had some double-digit games already. I think that that is only going to continue from here, especially if he has a good game You know, this week against Minnesota. I don't see how they don't put the ball in his hands uh, a little bit more often. Another guy who uh, should start to see the ball uh, a little bit more often is uh, Ramondre Stevenson from the New England Patriots. Uh, he had a, a great game this week, 100 yards and a touchdown. And, uh, you know, obviously that was because of Damian Harris being out with the concussion. But I think Stevenson, you know, we saw in the beginning of the year, Stevenson sort of had some work in that offense. And then after he fumbled, uh, he kind of got in the doghouse there and, and things became a little kind of mushed up in that backfield as, as it usually does in New England. But I think Stevenson has, he showed it the preseason. He's, he's shown it again this week, getting the work that he got and producing with it. So moving forward, I, I think that I, I think he's going to continue to be involved in the offense. And I don't see how you can keep a guy that talented off of the field. I think he's a guy you can go out and grab and put on your bench if, if he's available. He's He should be available in roughly 70% of leagues. So if he's out there, you can go out and grab him. And, uh, you know, like I said, throw him on your bench. If, if Harris happens to not come back this week or, you know, gets knocked out later on uh, in the season for, uh, you know, another game or, or a short stretch or whatever, I think Stevenson's easily an RB2 if he can get all the work and is still probably flex-worthy even if Harris is healthy, I think Stevenson's still going to uh, siphon some of those carries away from from Harris. No, I, I don't disagree. I, I know in our league, I actually drafted him and held him for a few weeks. And yeah, he hadn't really cracked any lineups. He had an early fumble. And yet, like you say, life can be pretty rough uh, in the Bill Belichick doghouse. Yes, that pun was intended. Um, and you do see that siphon around. It's not the old Bellatrix backfield concepts he has been riding Damian Harris pretty solid who has been great for him and, and it really was the injury that kind of thrust uh Stevenson himself was was you know banged up and, and they weren't sure how that was going to play out Brandon Bolden's filled in admirably um but yeah I, I think Stevenson definitely is, is roster worthy no matter what because of Harris maybe having some some wear and tear and seeing him being able to put up 100 yards in a score 
as long as Belichick can trust him, he's going to ride whoever's hot and whoever's making plays. Uh, so, yes, yeah, Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson should definitely be involved in your team and your roster for this week. And, and I, I don't disagree one bit. Uh, just kind of mad I, I cut him. <laughs> uh, getting back to another backfield that's been – uh, strange, I guess, to say the least this season. Um, they signed the Atlanta Falcons. They signed Mike Davis uh, to a nice free agent contract, and that was working for him for a little bit. And then it, it just didn't seem like it was working. The whole team's been up and down. Calvin Ridley stepped away uh, to take care of some personal issues. Kyle Pitts has been the focus uh, of the offense as a rookie, and, and teams not a key on him. And then you've had the Corderell Patterson uh, reemergence or emergence finally after all these years of hype. Uh, and, and he had to step out with an injury this week. So uh, they're, they're still testing him and, and things aren't maybe looking as good in his direction. Well, enter one Wayne Gallman, uh, who should be available on waiver wires this week. Uh, a lot of people remember him from the Giants uh, and he bounced around a little bit this season uh, and, and finally stuck with Atlanta. Uh, he put up some decent points, uh, a lot of garbage time in that game against Dallas. Pretty much the whole game for Atlanta was garbage. That's why they lost 43-3. Uh, to But to see he led the team in rushing with 55 yards uh, in our league, he almost put up double-digit points. And he's been known uh, from his Giants days to be a pretty capable running back. Uh, again, he's not going to kill it, but he's RB2, definitely a solid flex. Uh, and now that Matt Ryan has become checked down Charlie and just doesn't have anybody else really to throw to, uh, the running backs getting used underneath running game to maybe try to control the ball a little bit, things of that nature. I think Wayne Gallman uh, should definitely be on your roster uh, because right now he's still, he looks like the fresher, hotter running back compared to uh, a Mike Davis. Now, granted, again, he put some of these points up against Dallas in a blowout, but uh, overall, I think he's a kind of player that, uh, could get thrust into the forefront just by being the hotter hand uh, when it comes down to things. So Wayne Gallman from the Atlanta Falcons, if he's out there, uh, you should definitely maybe consider him. He might even be worth a stream. Chances are that could be a little bit of a, a back and forth trying to control the football. We just talked about Stevenson. Uh, and, and again, that's another player, Gallman, who could be involved in. Cam A plays out of the backfield as a receiver. So again, he gives you that uh, PPR dual threat. Yeah, I don't know if the the all the carries that Gallman got was because it was a blowout or because of the injury or because Atlanta is just finally realizing that they probably need to move away from Mike Davis. But, you know, either way, if, if guys are getting opportunities, Gallman had a really good stretch last year when Saquon Barkley was out when he was with the Giants where he, he put up good fantasy points. I mean, like you said, he's yeah. not he's not one of these, you know, must have running backs that that you know everybody's talking about but these are the guys that if you can grab them off the waiver wire and hit them when they're hot like we talked a little bit about jeff wilson jr last week if you can hit these guys when they're hot when they're getting opportunities and they're you know scoring here and there and catching some passes out of the backfield which gallman's perfectly capable of doing uh these are guys that can that can win your week win your league um you know just being diligent and, and paying attention to to waiver. So he is definitely a guy that you can grab. He might be completely worthless, but he might also, you know, become the starting running back for, uh, for the Falcons for at least for a few weeks. So if you need a running back this week, don't love the matchup against new England, but it's uh, you could do worse. I'm sure, you know, 
Yeah, sometimes, yeah, even the worst starting running back for for a team is still worth having because of that position that they hold. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, and, and the opportunities. And, and another guy who I got some opportunities this week and, and may continue, should continue to get some opportunities moving forward, is Deontay Foreman with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, since the Derrick Henry injury, you know, everybody's kind of been – uh, you know, we both threw our uh, opinions in the ring as far as, you know, whether it was going to be Peterson or Jeremy McNichols that had the most value moving forward. And it it looks like Foreman's, you know, making a case for for himself. He led Tennessee in rushing attempts this week with 11. And he also added two catches on two targets for 48 yards. And, uh, you know, I don't love the situation. There's there's sort of a lot of a lot of chefs in the kitchen in, in Tennessee or in that backfield at least, but it's possible that Foreman could emerge as the running back with the most week-to-week value. I don't necessarily know that, you know, to be true, but I mean, he was really talented coming out of college. He was highly drafted and he had the Achilles tear that I think it was his first year, his rookie season, he had yeah. an Achilles tear and it, it just kind of railroaded his career. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of running backs don't ever come back from that injury just because of how, much strain and, and pressure you put on your Achilles when you're making cuts and things like that. So, you know, a lot of people just thought his his career was going to be over, but you, you don't just lose your athletic ability. Uh, even if you are an injury risk, he's still a, a fairly talented and fairly young guy. So um, he's another guy kind of like Gallman where you can pick him up and he may turn into nothing. Or, you know, again, he may end up leading this team uh, you know, in fantasy points at the running back position moving forward, you never know. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he's ever, like you say, coming back from injury, never lost his athletic ability. I mean, I'm I'm 44. I'm still looking for mine. I've, I've never been able to find it. But uh, yeah, a player like that, I, I think, has just, you know, definitely overcome some odds and, and is in a good situation uh, with a run-heavy, run-first team with Tennessee. Speaking of things that we're still looking for, uh, you're looking for some depth you're looking for a player um a player that you need maybe to to fill in some gaps and and in the remember me portion of this show for a lot of players that have been dropped uh Latavius Murray uh some news came over just as we were getting started here on Tuesday uh that Le'Veon Bell had been released by Baltimore which again uh, you know the world didn't stop spinning we're all still stuck to the planet but at the same time it just shows that they they're doing what they're doing down there. You know, Devonta Freeman has been serviceable for them. Um, you know, the Tyson Williams mystery still continues. I think we need Scooby and the gang to find out what the heck happened to him uh, from the beginning of the year. But uh, a lot of our earlier programs and, and earlier podcasts really just focused on how Latavius Murray had been a, a go-to for the Baltimore Ravens. And he had a, a ankle sprain and been out for a couple of weeks. It uh, looks like they're about ready to get him back on board. Now, going into a tough matchup against the Bears uh, will not maybe be the greatest thing for him, so they'll probably work him back in. Uh, you know, the, the the Ravens, obviously, we always joke, the RB1 is, uh, you know, Lamar. But at, at the same time, what, what they do down there is, is similar to what you see Cleveland, what you see Tennessee do. They just stick with the run. They're not worried about heavy yardage and, and you know, breakaway plays. It's about controlling the line of scrimmage, controlling the clock, keeping the football wearing down a defense and then allowing the rest of their offense to start to flourish. You're even seeing the Philadelphia Eagles start to do uh, similar concepts there. Uh, ironic that the league's getting back to running 
Uh, Latavius Murray was doing solid work. Uh, he was a little touchdown dependent, but he was getting in that eight to fifteen a game as he was really the the RB the RB one position wise for that team. He's probably out there on the waiver wire. A lot of people didn't want to sit on somebody for a few weeks and, and cut him. So if Latavius Murray is floating around out there, grab him, get him on your roster because again, Baltimore is a run heavy team. He was getting a lot of goal line work, so he's definitely going to slide in and grab you some points on a week-to-week basis, uh, a solid RB2 at times, uh, definitely a flex potential for that team. Yeah, Murray is definitely the guy, I think, when when he's healthy. Uh, you know, the, none of these guys are going to blow you away with their, you know, their ability. But, you know, like we were just kind of talking about with uh, Foreman and with Stevenson and Gallman, it, it's all about opportunities. If you're getting rushing attempts, then you have the opportunity to score points, you know, whether that's just rushing yards, whether it's touchdowns, whatever, what have you, it's the opportunities are what's important. Uh, Another guy who's been getting a lot of opportunities, at least this week with Alvin Kamara being out was Mark Ingram. And he's a guy who, uh, you know, like I said, because of Kamara's injury, Ingram may have may already be rostered in your league. But if he's not, he's still a guy that the, the Saints didn't trade for Ingram because they, you know, liked him from his time in New Orleans in the past. They they wanted a guy who, you know, was sort of that bruising up the middle running back uh, that Kamara isn't. Kamara is like the, you know, these guys used to be called, you know, the, the thunder and lightning where, you know, one guy's the, the, the big bruiser back, the short yardage guy, the you know, the, the keep the defense honest guy. And then, you know, the other guy is the big play catching the ball out of the backfield, you know, making people miss and, and getting long runs. So I think the saints, you know, with their struggles on offense with Michael Thomas now not coming back at all this year, the saints are looking for a new identity on offense. And I think Mark Ingram is going to be a part of that identity. Uh, you know, they, they have leaned on Kamara a lot so far this year, but I think that they don't want to continue to do that. They want to have another guy to take some of the pressure off to, you know, like I said, to kind of punish the defense. Ingram isn't one of those guys that's going to try to try to shake and 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 run around you. He's going to try to run through you. And uh, I think the Saints need that. And and I think that because of that, regardless of what Kamara's injury status is moving forward, I think Ingram's going to continue to touch the ball. And I, I believe he's going to be their goal line back so i think you know if nothing else if you're really you know hurting at running back and you're looking for somebody who you know could potentially fall into the end zone and and pick you up some points i think mark ingram's as good as of a bet as anyone else so if ingram's available in your league go out and grab him and uh he's he's a good insurance back to have for camara if there's you know more injury injuries popping up in the in the future but he's also a guy who does have some standalone value to his own right. Yeah, no, uh, they made the move to pick him up and bring him back in a trade. And a lot of people maybe shook their head a little bit and thought, oh, maybe he's just going back to retire. But, you know, obviously uh, Sean Payton knows how to use him. And and, uh, so far, it seems like a a stroke of genius uh, to take some of that load off of Kamara. Not good for Kamara owners, but uh, again, in in an NFL sense, it's going to help out and, for those of you that stuck by Mark Ingram uh, in those lean Houston days, uh, you're, you're going to get paid off, it looks like, in spades. As far as running backs go, I think that's about it. We're going to look to move on to the wide receiver position. I'm looking at some of the names here, and I know, Pat, you've touched on him previously 
is uh, Rashad Bateman. Uh, I know he came out of training camp. He was banged up, uh, injured, and, and they took a while to get him working. But people were very high on him coming through and being a potentially game-breaking wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. And he hasn't really disappointed since he finally made his way onto the field. The only time in the last couple of weeks where he put down, put up some low points was really the first game back. Uh, he's been double digits ever since. You saw some breakaway ability uh, for him against uh, Miami. Try, almost helped to get him back in the game there at the end. That was an odd, odd game overall on Thursday night. But for a lot of people out there, he is – uh, he's available. Um, you know, some people still haven't caught on to him yet because you don't really dive into maybe looking at a Baltimore Ravens wide receiver based on years past. But that offense has become a little bit more dynamic. Obviously, Marquise Brown is, you know, maybe the 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 alpha, so to speak, on that team. But Bateman was picked uh, for his ability. Uh, you know, they used a high draft pick to get him. And seeing as he's come back from from his preseason injury uh, and he had shown signs of connecting with Lamar Jackson in the preseason, you're starting to see him become more and more of an integral part on a, on a concept like that. I mean, he's been eight targets in back-to-back weeks. I mean, and, and no fewer than six in his four games. So obviously they, they want to get him involved. Uh, he's going to be a player. He'll probably start to become a lot more of a legit NFL receiver in the next week or two where, where his name will get brought up as, uh, you know, one of the guys to look for. Why don't you get him on your roster right now? For Rashad Bateman is available. He is rostered a lot of places, but uh, you might find that guy that didn't, or or maybe you're looking to make a trade, uh, and you know you still have the trade deadline available in your league. Uh, he's he's in a sneaky pickup to get on your roster. So Rashad Bateman should be probably the top wide receiver pickup based off of waivers for this week. I, I love Bateman. I, I picked him up everywhere I could, and and. Uh actually dropped him in one league sort of out of necessity. And I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself now because somebody else picked him up and, and I don't see him uh, letting him go now. So, uh, but yeah, I love him. And, and, and by far he's my number one waiver ad for wide receivers. If you're looking for, you know, a rest of season type wide receiver. Another guy that, uh, is coming back off of injury who I think is probably has been dropped in your league or, you know, at least in most leagues has been dropped. He's, he's available still in about 55% of leagues, but that's Sterling Shepard from the New York giants. Um, when Shepard was healthy in the beginning of the season, he was Daniel Jones's number one option. Since then we've seen, the emergence of Kadarius Tony, Evan Ingram has gotten back and healthy again and has, you know, seen some targets. Kenny Galladay is starting to, you know, hopefully grace the, the Giants with his presence. But no matter, you know, even in the beginning of the season when, when you know, most of the team was healthy, including Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard was the number one guy. He was the one getting the most targets, uh, the most receptions. He was the guy that it seems like Daniel Jones trusts the most out of this wide receiver group. And I think that if Shepard has been dropped in your league, he is absolutely a must add. And honestly, I think he's probably a guy based off of the matchup this week that you can start pretty much immediately. And, uh, you know, again, as long as he's healthy, I think that he's going to produce. And that's just the way that. That's the way the Giants have been going. When when Shepard is out there, he is 
he's the guy who's being looked at first. So definitely, if you got a shot to, to pick him up, go ahead and put him on your roster. And, and if you're in need of a, a spot start this week, uh, you know, again, assuming his he's healthy and he plays, I think that he is a, a great start this week versus the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. All right. So the next guy we're going to talk about is Darnell Mooney. Bears were on a bye this past week, so a lot of people may have cut and strutted and uh, got some different players in and, and threw him off to the side where he hasn't maybe been you know, a, a darling for some people because he's in the Bears offense. But Darnell Mooney's putting up some serious points when he does get the opportunity. Going into the bye week when they did play against Pittsburgh, uh, again, in our, in our league, uh, he put up close to 21 points. Uh, he kind of does it all. Uh, he, he can get a little play out of the backfield, making a, you know, an end around or jet sweep. Uh, you do see him obviously as really the, the focal point in that offense, as far as a wide receiver, uh, you know, everybody wonders, you know, if Allen Robinson's on a milk carton somewhere yet, yeah, you haven't seen him really getting involved at all this year at the way he has and, and been a dominant wide receiver. Obviously, they had some quarterback questions. You started with, uh, you know, you had the Red Rocket in there for a couple minutes, and then they really made the switch to Justin Fields and want to give him that offense. Darnell Mooney has been a consistent threat for that offense, and they're coming back off of a bye week. So you're going to be able to see him on full display, uh, albeit against Baltimore. But again, Baltimore hasn't been the Baltimore of old with with the solid killer defense and, and things of that nature. I think for a lot of people, they they know that sometimes they've been bleeding points. They have some serious injuries in the secondary, and Mooney has been a solid player uh, throughout the season. So if he is available, uh, which he may be because of the the beautiful bye weeks that sometimes offer up players for uh, for your taking, Darnell Mooney should be on your roster. Uh, he's definitely going to be a, a focal point this week, where you know the Bears are going to look to get him involved, and and they should have a pretty solid game plan against the Baltimore Ravens. Another player who has come on strong in the last couple of weeks, uh, he was highly touted for the New York football Jets. And in the last few weeks, we've finally seen the awakening of Elijah Moore. Uh, for some people, you may still be a little nervous and eh, it's the Jets. Uh, again, some of these bad teams are just putting up points on principle, making comebacks. I mean, we all watched the Jets a couple of weeks back make a, a solid comeback uh, effort against the Indianapolis Colts, who who just were almost trying to give back the game there at the end. Uh, again, you saw a, a game this past week against Buffalo where they were a little less likely to come back and win. Uh, but he has put up double-digit points the last four weeks, uh, Elijah Moore has. And you're really starting to see him develop, whether it be Zach Wilson, Mike White, Josh Johnson, whoever they're putting back their quarterback – he has finally stepped up, and again, they, they're getting away from Jamison Crowder a little bit. He's in the last year of his deal, and chances are they'll be moving on from him. Corey Davis just made his way back after a couple weeks off with injury. He was signed as a free agent to be, uh, in a sense, their wide receiver one, barring the draft, and, and you do see what Elijah Moore puts up now. So, again, the targets, uh, the receiving yards, the touchdowns, it's all there for him right now. Uh, they have a nice stretch down the road against some secondaries that are a little on the, the softest side, uh, so to speak, some division games and whatnot. So, again, I think Elijah Moore, if he's still available, I think some people probably grabbed him. If Elijah Moore is out there, definitely get him on your roster. He is going to be one of these players down the road that could win your league for you, uh, again, as a flex or as your wide receiver, too, 
moving forward? Moving forward, I think the Jets are not, they're not making the playoffs. They're not winning anything this year. I think, you know, developing chemistry between Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore is probably, uh, you know, one of the better things that they can do for the rest of the season. I think that, you know, if you ride that, that, that wave on your fantasy team, I think it only helps, uh, obviously helps you to, to score some fantasy points and, and hopefully win some games. So the Jets may not be winning anything, but hopefully they can help you win something. Hey, that's what it's all about. Give me some points. Yep. Another guy that we thought he was going to kind of be pushed to the side completely, uh, but now seems to, um, at least for the short term, uh, possibly have even a little bit bigger role in the offense that he plays in is Van Jefferson with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, obviously, the the big Odell Beckham signing was huge news in the in the NFL world, and and you know the Rams just seem to be just adding weapons left and right on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, Van Jefferson kind of seemed like he was going to be the odd man out. Uh, but, you know, literally the day after they signed OBJ, uh, Robert Woods goes down to a season ending injury in practice. And, and now all of a sudden Van Jefferson is, is not only, you know, sort of retaining his role as the number three receiver on that team, but until Beckham gets up to speed on the playbook and, you know, what the Rams are trying to do concept-wise on offense, uh, I think Jefferson is, is going to be more involved. I think that the worst part of the whole thing for, for Jefferson and for Jefferson's, you know, fantasy owners is the fact that this is this is their bye week. So, you know, the, the, the week that he would have had some opportunity to really, uh, you know, put some points on the board, you know, aside from, from last night where the Rams just sort of fell apart against the, the 49ers, he's going to be on a bye. So, uh, you know, maybe coming back in week 12, OBJ is sort of acclimated to the offense and, and Jefferson sort of retains his role as the number three guy. But even still, he was doing OK in that role. And, uh, you know, I think that at least for the short term, I, I believe that there's a little bit more involvement with Van Jefferson in the offense just until OBJ f- becomes fully integrated into what they're trying to do. Finally, uh, a player that we've talked about for a, a couple weeks now and has kind of just come out of nowhere, so to speak. And, and it's not hard to do come out of nowhere when you play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, most of their players kind of are either already in your face or not. But uh, we are looking at Jamal Agnew, who I won't say he's polarizing, but he's one of these guys where he just seems to be getting a lot of the opportunities in that offense down in Jacksonville. He's putting up points. He is, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, really Marvin Jones Jr. Was the guy LaVisca Chenault we know is there. James Robinson was banged up, but, but has come back on. And again, it's, it's just been one of those deals where you're not sure week to week, what the heck's going on. But when you look back from, week five, almost week four, but week five up until the present, uh, he has been probably the most consistent player in that offense. Uh, He had a couple games where he was uh, single digits, but I mean, the one was against Buffalo and they still won the game. So obviously this week he had a little bit of action running the football. He had a 79 yard touchdown or 79 yards and a touchdown. So not to mention if he's not being used on uh, special teams, he's also returning punts kickoffs, which again, for some of you in your leagues, you may get points for those positions. So, I mean, to see, you know, yeah, he, I mean, he, he had a 66 yard touchdown. He's a big play guy. He He's just really become the focal point of that offense, so to speak. And, and again, Chenault, who looked to be the guy that he was last year coming into this year is 
again, he's there, but he's just not getting the opportunities. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised. And, and again, then again, not because it's Urban Meyer and it's Jacksonville. But uh, to see Jamal Agnew become uh, this important to have, I guess, on your roster, um, don't don't shy away from him. If he's out there, get him get him on your roster, because it looks like on a week to week basis, he's a guy who's going to get you anywhere from maybe eight to 15 points. Uh, that puts him in solid flex category. Uh, and at times he could be your wide receiver too, especially as these bye weeks continue to ramble on. So Jamal Agnew uh, is a wide receiver that if you haven't already, we've talked about him, get him on your roster. He can help you out down the stretch. He's been like the the unsung hero, I guess, for them. I don't say hero like they're, like they're winning a lot of games, but it's just, you know, sometimes as a quarterback, you find somebody that you're comfortable with and for Trevor Lawrence, it seems to be Agnew and and their new tight end Dan Arnold. So you know those guys are are seem to be getting the majority of the work. And you know you can continue to play your big name players in fantasy football and completely ignore lack of production, or you can sort of get on board with what's actually going on and and pay attention to you know the numbers. And and the reason that we talk you know on this podcast about targets and. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll mention, you know, snap counts and things like that is because that's, those are the numbers that are determining potential fantasy points. So, you know, you can say, you know, Marvin Jones is a much bigger name than Jamal Agnew, but when it comes to points, fantasy numbers, targets, you know, everything it's Agnew is more involved in that offense. And if you're going to have to play somebody from that offense, which, you know, hopefully you don't because the Jags don't really put a lot of points on the board, which limits obviously your fantasy potential. But if you're going to have to play a guy from that offense, I mean, Agnew is the guy that you want right now, besides, you know, obviously James Robinson when he's healthy, but, you know, playing a guy like Marvin Jones or, or playing LaVisca Chenault, just because, you know, they, they cost you more draft capital or because they have a, you know, a, a, a higher uh, name value. It, it just, this is where people, who don't pay attention to fantasy football lose their fantasy football leagues is because they'll continue to start guys based on their name. There's still people out there starting Allen Robinson every week. Stop it. Like just pay attention to what is going on. You know what I mean? All right. So now that that rants over, sorry, let's you sound uh, like you have them on your team. <laughs> I have them on two of my teams. Uh, luckily I've stopped starting him, but uh, I think he's, he's about to get dropped as, uh, this week in, in favor of some, some guys that I'm going to need to spot start. But anyway, enough about me. Let's move on to our week 11 streams. So we did this last week, and I think that it seems to make a little bit more sense to me to give uh, a couple different options since we're giving them at uh, you know a lot of options at running back and wide receiver. We'll give a couple options at, at quarterback and tight end. And now a lot of these guys are probably not pick up and hold for the rest of the season guys, but they're guys that you can spot start in a week where, you know, maybe you have somebody like Matthew Stafford on by, or, uh, you know, you you have your, uh, your Noah Fant or whatever you have, you know, obviously there's only two teams on by this week. So streaming is, is probably a little bit um, lighter, but we're going to give you some guys that you can stream at quarterback tight end and some streaming defenses that, you know, if they're available in your league and you're looking to, to switch out and, you know, maybe you got a bad matchup and, you know, you're looking to, to put somebody else in there and, and hopefully get you some points, we're going to give you a few of these guys that you can possibly pick up and start right off of the waiver wire. So the first one we're going to go with at quarterback is Daniel Jones. 
and he gets Tampa Bay this week. I know that Jones hasn't been playing great recently, but I think now that the Giants had a bye this week, starting to get their players back healthy, it looks like there's a at least a, a chance that Saquon Barkley could be back. Looks like Sterling Shepard's going to be back, probably Kadarius Tony, um, even potentially Kenny Galladay, although he's still probably a week or two away. But it, when the Giants have their weapons, Daniel Jones is a pretty decent quarterback, and going up against Tampa Bay this week, they're gonna they're gonna have to throw the ball, and, and Tampa Bay's secondary is probably the only unit in the NFL that's as banged up as the Giants wide receiver core. So, you know, I think that there's a potential there for the Giants to put some points on the board. I I don't think they're going to win this game realistically, but I do think that Jones can have a good game. He also adds, you know, a little bit with his legs, which is nice. So um, I I like Jones as a start this week, um, streaming quarterback. You want to take number two? Sure. Uh, For those of you that are paying attention to football, we saw that Superman has returned Cam Newton, he's back. He's back in Carolina, comes right in, gets a touchdown, throws for a touchdown. Uh, it's just amazing to see that somebody kind of just takes like a duck to water, um, you know, on, on that level. He's back home. He's he's comfortable. He knows the team. He knows the organization. Some of the faces are different. The coaching staff from the last time he was there, absolutely. But uh, he's also walking into Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, uh, DJ Moore, yeah, I mean these are these are levels of talent that he really never quite had. It was a different team back then. It was Stewart, it was D'Angelo Williams, it was Cam, and they just kind of ball controlled you and ran you uh, down the field. You know, on that level, he is a player that I, I personally I have him as my start of the week when it all comes down to it. Um, he's going up against the Washington Redskins, who have been doing a horrendous job against the quarterback position. So I think that Cam Newton. Not only on a on a stream basis, but keep your eyes out because they're already saying that he is probably going to overtake PJ Walker as a starter. They're already giving first team reps to Cam, and I mean that's no offense to Walker, but that's a, a no brainer with Donald being out. They they're going to look for that spark, and and you did see that this week. Uh, they they really took it to the Cardinals uh, to say the least. So uh, watching that happen and and to see him come back and be almost the the cam of old, so to speak. And maybe this does uh, put a little rejuvenation in, in the back end of his career. Uh, he's walking into a team now. The Carolina Panthers could turn into the buzzsaw of the league. Cam Newton, if he's out there, pick him up. Depending on your situation stream, uh, he could be startable as early as this week uh, as a QB1. Yeah, a couple other options here at the quarterback position. We got Mac Jones versus Atlanta. Atlanta's the third worst uh, team against the quarterback position. And uh, I mean, Atlanta's just, they're, they're kind of falling apart. Um, we talked a little bit about that before the podcast, you and I, but if you have a Matthew Stafford and uh, you know, maybe some of these other guys aren't, aren't available in your league and Mac Jones is out there, the Patriots have their offense has been getting a lot better. And part of that is because Mac Jones is playing so well. So I think he's a viable start this week uh, against Atlanta. You also have Jimmy Garoppolo against Jacksonville. Uh, he just played really well against the Los Angeles Rams uh, on Monday night this week. And I think with, with Jimmy G, the biggest thing is he's not Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, obviously. He, he's not going to go out there and, and you know read defenses and just kind of destroy defensive coordinators and give them nightmares. But he's a guy who is smart enough to get the ball into his playmaker's hands 
and let them do what they do with it. And there's enough playmakers on that San Francisco offense to where as long as Jimmy G can not turn the ball over and not take sacks, I think he's a viable option to give you a safe QB floor every week, especially against a a pretty bad Jacksonville defense. A couple other quick options at quarterback. Again, if you're looking Tyrod Taylor versus Tennessee, Tennessee's the fourth worst team versus the quarterback position. They are really good at stopping the run. They're a pretty high scoring team, which um, I, I, I see this game kind of turning into what could potentially be a little bit of a shootout. And uh, Tyrod Taylor, I think, is a, a decent option. Again, he's, he's a little bit further down the list here. But if you're really struggling and, and you know there's a lot of QBs rostered in your league, Taylor's available for you. Um, I do think he has a decent game this week. And last but not least for quarterbacks is Justin Fields. Fields has been pretty pretty bad the first you know few weeks of his, his NFL career. Uh, first few starts, I should say. Um, but he gets Baltimore this week. They're the 10th worst unit versus the quarterback position. And I think I just have this feeling in my head that Fields is going to watch Lamar Jackson and realize like, hey, I can do what this guy does. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think the Bears have as much talent uh, you know, as, as the, the Baltimore Ravens do on offense. But Fields, he can run the ball. He is making better decisions the last week or so than he had the previous three weeks in his starts. And the Bears defense isn't terrible. So they can get off the field, give their offense the ball. And I think that Justin Fields has a chance um, against a a surprisingly shaky Baltimore defense this week to put some points on the board and, and, and be fairly impressive against uh, a a, a good team in the NFL. Yeah. I I think that feeling your head could be the pumpkin spice coffee, but at the same time, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree there with Justin Fields. I think he, uh, I think he's going to definitely take some notes. <laughs> All right. You want to, you want to jump into some of the tight ends? Ah, oh, I love me some tight ends. I know yes, they're sir. your favorite. So, All right. Oh, I will, I will go through this swimmingly. We're going to lead off with, uh, with the concept of a waiver streamer. Uh, this guy may have floated around again for one more week, coming back off a broken hand, which healed pretty quick. Uh, before that he was, one of the top five tight ends in, in fantasy football, Dawson Knox. Uh, I had released him and, and had the ability to pick him right back up. I've been using him as a flex. Now this week he did disappoint. He only had one catch, one target uh, in a Jets blowout. So I'm not too worried about that. This week he gets the uh, luck of going against the Indianapolis Colts, who are the third worst uh, roughly against the, the tight end position. That Buffalo offense is dynamic. They're going to beat you any which way they can. Uh, I, I think that it doesn't take him but more than maybe this week to get right back on the horse and become a double-digit uh, tight end. Touchdowns, he was a little dependent on the touchdown to get some of those points. But uh, again, now that they get down near the goal line and, and things start to shake out, uh, I can see Dawson Knox back in his spot. Another name out there that some of you have jumped on. We talked about him previously, and you've seen the the usage and the ability there is Pat Fryermuth from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, obviously, you know Mason Rudolph got involved this week, which scared off a lot of people from anything Pittsburgh outside of Najee Harris. But you do see that I believe Ben's coming back, and even if it is still Mason Rudolph for one more week, here they're going up against the Los Angeles Chargers who uh, give up a lot of points to the tight end position. They've also given up the second most touchdowns with seven. So again, Pat Fryermuth looks to be a pretty solid option. 
uh, on a week-to-week basis, and he, he may be your starter at this point, depending on where your team shakes out. Moving along, uh, we have Dalton Schultz, uh, who started off the season pretty strong and then leveled off a little bit as Dallas really kind of worked the rest of the offense in. But they're so dynamic right now on that offense that, again, any week he is it, he has the chance any week to just explode for points. Uh, they're going up against Kansas City, who's roughly around the seventh worst against the tight end position. So, again, if they're looking to take away some of those wide receiver spots from Dak and the rest of the offense, Dalton Schultz should be a little more involved. And he sounds like he's going to be a solid streamer. He's probably going to get you double digits, uh, you know, because that game – even with the Chiefs, uh, you know, looking like the Chiefs of old uh, for this week, that could turn into a big shootout. That's a good quarterback matchup with Mahomes versus Dak Prescott. So I know the league is drooling to see something, pick up some points with Dalton Schultz. Rounding out, we have uh, Cole Komet from the Chicago Bears. Uh, they're coming off a bye week and they're going up against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Ravens, again, that defense is not what it used to be. They are serviceable, but they are not the world beaters of Ed Reed. And, and Ray Lewis and, and the gang, but you do look at them and they do also, they give up a lot of points to the tight end position. So that shows a little, maybe aggressiveness or weakness, depending on how you're looking at it at linebacker. Uh, right now we have them as roughly the fifth worst defense against the tight end position. So again, get the bears tight end call comment in your lineup for this week. If you don't have a better option. And finally, we're going to go against the Houston Texans this week. Uh, we're going to look to get, Tennessee tight end, he's my Cole Pruitt. I don't mean that I own him and his name is Cole Pruitt. His name is my Cole Pruitt. Some of you are familiar with him because he's kind of been their go-to at that position. He's been you know, a little up and down. He's had a couple decent weeks, uh, but you're starting to see Tannehill get him involved. Again, going against that Houston Texans uh, vaunted defense, uh, and I joke, but they are giving up a ton of points. They're giving up double digits to the tight end position week to week. And they will look to exploit that. So he rounds out our streamer slash waivers of this week. So we were talking about Dawson Knox, Pat Fryermuth, Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet, and Michael Pruitt as options for streamer for this week and possibly moving on depending on the matchup. Yeah, and speaking of matchups, we'll we'll, we'll tackle our defenses and then we'll hit our, our start sets for the week. Obviously, when you're looking at streaming defenses, basically you're just trying to play matchups. So we picked some of the best matchups this week, and you know, obviously there are you want to play a good defense against a you know bad offense. Uh, you know, so so some of these matchups, you know, we're not just taking the the top five you know matchups. We're we're actually looking at decent defenses as well. So number one this week for me, and I know for you, is the Tennessee Titans versus that Houston uh, offense. Uh, Houston is the second worst uh, at giving up fantasy points to the defense. Um, Tennessee has been on a roll lately. Um, their defense has sort of stepped up since Derrick Henry went down. And I think that, uh, you know, that they're going to continue to have to win games on the defensive side of the ball because, you know, with injuries and things like, you know, you got Henry out, you got Julio Jones out again this this past week. The Titans are definitely going to be looking to to shut down the Texans this week, and I think they're a great option. Number two, I have the Cleveland Browns versus Detroit. Detroit just, you know, is unfortunately, you know, not very good on offense or they're really 
really thin at wide receiver. They have some pretty good running backs, um, but it looks like Jared Goff could potentially miss this game this week. And Cleveland just got completely embarrassed versus the Patriots this past weekend. And I don't think they're going to be too happy about that. And I kind of feel bad for the Lions that they're going to have to play the Browns this week because with all the talent that the Browns do have on defense, it could be a very long day for, for Detroit. Number three, I have the 49ers against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's the seventh worst team against the defense position in fantasy football. And the 49ers, um, the 49ers look really good uh, against the Rams this past week. Yeah, they, they uh, yeah, they, I mean, you know, they look like the 49ers have always been talented on defense. It's just they haven't, for whatever reason, been able to put it together this year. But I think they, you know, in a big matchup, a big division matchup, uh, you know, a team who is, literally, you know, hanging on to straws for their playoff position in a game they really needed to win. The defense came out and played phenomenally. Um, Joey Bosa looks like, you know, I mean, he's just a madman. The linebackers played extremely well. Their their defensive backs were, I mean, they were all over all of the wide receivers and, and tight ends. Now the Rams did make some mistakes and drop some passes and, you know, things like that. But you know, that's what happens when you get a, a, a tough defense kind of bearing down on you all game. So I do like the 49ers against Jacksonville if they continue to play defense with the intensity that they played this past week. Uh, another good matchup is the Dolphins versus the Jets. The Jets are the last team against the defense or special teams. The Jets are just, they're, they're, they just turn the ball over too much. They don't score points. They're still in that learning stage now. You know, if Wilson comes back, maybe things change, but I mean, they weren't that great with him. So, I mean, the only really good game they, they played where they, they didn't give up a lot of points to the defense was uh, the, the first game that Mike White started, uh, that five touchdown game that he had. So, I mean, unless we see another one of those, I'd feel pretty confident starting the Dolphins this week if I needed to. And last but not least, the Washington football team versus Carolina. Um, Carolina is the sixth worst team. Versus the defense, this one I'm a little bit weary about because of the fact that Washington just lost two of their best defensive linemen and Carolina just gained, like you said, Superman, you know, McCaffrey's back and he was out most of the season. So a lot of the numbers for Carolina don't really reflect, you know, what you're going to see moving forward. So Washington is one of those teams that you could start if you're in a pinch. Um, you know, we have them down here at the fifth streaming option, but um, honestly, I would, I would much prefer to play Carolina's defense against Washington, but uh, Carolina's defense is, you know, mostly rostered in, in most leagues and uh, you know, Washington's hasn't been so, and that's kind of why they make the streaming defense list and, and the Panthers don't, but you know, I think that this is one of those ones where I, I don't know, man, I, I just, me personally, I would probably avoid starting any defense against the Panthers until I see what their offense looks like with Cam at the helm. That being said, okay, so we just flew through the defenses. We're talking about Tennessee, Cleveland, San Francisco, the Miami Dolphins, and take it with a grain of salt, but in theory, the Washington football team uh, until we see what Carolina pans out to be. So I think we're going to finish out strong and we're going to roll through our start sits uh, and give you our opinions. 
for this week. Uh, I want to take the lead and go with, like we did mention just a minute ago, my quarterback start of the week is Cam Newton versus the Washington football team. Uh, again, I think the spark that we saw at Arizona uh, was was good enough for me, knowing the rest of that team that's behind him. Uh, I just like the matchup 100%. Um, again, Washington gives up the most points to quarterbacks. They've given up the second most passing touchdowns to quarterbacks in the league this year. Uh, and we know that if given the ability to do what they did last week, uh, this game could get out of hand. And then, yeah, Chase Young and, and the other guy getting knocked out this week. Uh, you know, I think that definitely just opens things up a little bit to Cam uh, and again to the entire Carolina team. So Cam Newton is my start of the week at quarterback. Pat? Yeah, that that would be the Washington thing to do would be to to come out and beat the defending Super Bowl champs and then get crushed by the Carolina Panthers. It's the letdown game. Yes. <laughs> uh, again, one of one of the guys that we mentioned in our uh, QB streaming section was Daniel Jones. I'm going to go with Jones again, coming off the bye. I just think that the fact that the Giants are finally hopefully able to get healthy, I think Jones is going to be forced to throw the ball. Tampa Bay uh, scores pretty much at will on, on most teams and uh, the Giants defense isn't really I don't see them stopping Tampa Bay this week. So in order to sort of keep the pace, I think that they're going to have to throw the ball. And I think that Daniel Jones is going to do that uh, admirably, at least, and be able to put some fantasy points on the board this week. So if you're in a, in a pinch, you need a, a streamer I like Daniel Jones as my start for this week. Who are you going to sit, Rude? Uh, I know some people may uh, be off of, on already, but uh, you know, for a lot of people, he's still highly ranked. Uh, but I'm sitting Justin Herbert this week. Again, we gave you some streaming options that I feel will have the ability to get better points uh, than Justin Herbert. I, I know he, he's a darling coming in and maybe it's a sophomore slump, but he's been struggling uh, as of late. He's had four good games. A lot of that has been, been against poor defenses. But in the bad games, he's only been averaging about 15 points a game, uh, which might not be able to get it done quite for you. Going up against Pittsburgh right now, who is is top 10 against quarterbacks, uh, they've given up, if I'm looking here, they've only given up 12 passing touchdowns and roughly about 16 points. So that almost factors in 16 points a game to the, the bad game side of Justin Herbert as they struggle. To me, I, I think that you can find a better option for this week. I'm not saying cut him. I'm not saying you know, put them in and, and ignore them. Uh, but I don't like Justin Herbert this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think with some of the streamers that are out there, you can find a better option. And I'm going to go with uh, another big, we're both going with big name quarterbacks to sit this week. I'm going to sit Russell Wilson. I know it seems maybe like an easy pick after the first shutout of Russell Wilson's career this week against Green Bay, but looking at the numbers, Seattle is actually the worst in the NFL for worst team in the NFL at time of possession. They only keep the ball about 25.3 minutes per game. So, so just over 25 minutes a game. And uh, they've run the least amount of plays in the entire NFL by, by a decent margin, by like 30 plays. So they're just, their offense just is not, they're not staying on the field. They're not stringing together long drives, which, you know, in the NFL is sort of what you need to do to score points. I think Wilson probably this past week was a little rusty coming back from his finger injury and he's going to face another really tough defense in Arizona. Their secondary is really good and they're basically top 10 every pass defense category basically, you know, as far as 
completions, completion percentage, yardage, touchdowns allowed. Arizona's just they're just solid. And again, in another division matchup and Arizona coming off a tough loss. I feel like they're going to sort of have some motivation to play really well and to shut Russell Wilson down this week. And uh I just I think you can you can find a, a much better option than Russell Wilson this week uh, against the Cardinals. Starting running back for this week, uh, I'm going to look to start Miles Gaskin versus the New York Football Jets. Again, it's another poor defense. They are the worst against the running back position in fantasy football, giving up, uh, you know, obviously in a, a team concept, but giving up a combined point total of over 30 points a game to the running back position when they face them. Miami's looked a little stronger on offense. Uh, I think they finally understand Tua is going to be their guy for a few minutes. Uh, and and Gaskin came on in the last few weeks. Every other game has been a big game for him. This past week wasn't a killer. Uh, so I'm kind of riding that streak as well, where you see a double-digit game and then a single, eh, a double-digit and a single. Eh. So this looks to play into that. And again, against that defense, I, I think that that to me would be one of those reasons that he's going to be the guy. I'd like Miles Gaskin this week to have a nice double-digit uh, RB2 solid flex game uh, against the New York Jets. I'm going to go with either Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson. If Harris is cleared to play, then I think he's going to be the guy. Uh, obviously, if he isn't, then I love Ramondre Stevenson. I actually prefer Stevenson if Harris doesn't play to Harris if Harris does play just because of the fact that I don't think that Stevenson, I think he gets more of the work than he would if if Harris was there and they were sort of splitting work. But either way, I think both of these uh, running backs have an opportunity this week against Atlanta. They're the third worst team against the running back. Uh, Stevenson was the, the running back two overall this past week versus Cleveland. New England gets, like I said, Atlanta this week, who literally just gave up. 114 yards and three touchdowns on the ground to the Dallas Cowboys in week 10. So Atlanta's struggles, I feel like, are going to continue this week against a Patriots team who uh, is is getting hot right now. And uh, I think you could start either one of these guys if Harris is healthy. Uh, I, I like him a little bit better. If Harris is out again, then I love Ramondre Stevenson as, as an RB1 again this week against Atlanta. Uh, as far as who I don't like, my sit this week uh, is going to be Zach Moss against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they're the second best points per game concept against the running back position. Uh, they've given up the least amount of rushing touchdowns in the league. They have only given up five touchdowns combined rushing or receiving to the running back position. Uh, only about 14 points a game. But again, that's not always a guarantee that you're going to even get to that point if your team maybe is a, a touchdown dependent kind of guy. Uh, so don't look for any blowout uh, concepts there. And, and again, they're also eighth in the league in sacks uh, on the quarterback. So that means that a pass protection concept may be in play for the running back position to make sure Josh Allen can get his ball off in time and, and make some plays downfield. So I don't like Zach Moss. Uh, you know, you could say Devin Singletary, but I think last week we saw Moss kind of get back to normal. But I don't like Zach Moss. I don't like any Buffalo running backs this week against Indy. Very tough against that position. So sit him, sit Zach Moss. Yeah, Buffalo even got Matt Breida involved this past week. And, you know, I know yeah. that we I won't know talk that about was, that. No. <laughs> I, know. I started Moss and Singletary in my other league, figuring I'm going to get points one way or the other. And they both just looked at me like, are you serious? <laughs> They're like, we got, no, we got Matt Breida. We're fine. We're fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely a tough, tough sell for any of those running backs every week, even in good matchups, because you never know who it's going to be. So that's definitely a good call there. Uh, I'm going to sit uh, Antonio Gibson. He finally had a good game this past week, but it happened to be uh, one of those instances where the Washington football team was ahead and Gibson seems to be the type of running back where when their team is ahead, he gets a, a lot of work, a lot of, you know, clock killing carries and, and things of that nature. He happened to, to pop two touchdowns off this week. So uh, that helps his fantasy output, but I don't see the same thing happening against Carolina. The Panthers are the third best team versus the running back. And, um, I just think it's going to be difficult for Gibson to get anything going on the ground against Carolina there. This game actually is the lowest over under on the entire week at 43 points. So even Vegas sees this as sort of a low scoring game, which I think favors the Carolina Panthers because I think their defense is a little bit better. So I do not like uh, Antonio Gibson this week. I think uh, if you have to start him, you know, you kind of do, but I, I, I definitely think you should temper your expectations for him this week. Uh, my start of the week at the wide receiver position, I'm uh, going to go a little homerish, and yeah, I have him on my roster. Uh, I love me some Devonta Smith this week against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they're one of the bottom feeders as far as uh, you know defenses against the wide receiver position. Uh, they're in the bottom three to four right there, giving up a decent chunk of change, uh, 26 points a game, roughly, give or take, depending on the league. Last couple of weeks, you've really seen Devontae Smith finally show what he is. You back-to-back 20-point games versus good defenses against the wide receiver position. Uh, Jalen Hurts and that offense have started to become a little bit more balanced. Um, and again, in, he's basically getting to that point where you know he's showing you why he's the guy, the Heisman winner. Uh, going against a defense that's given up 10 touchdowns and averaging about 26 points a game to the wide receiver position. So love me some Devonta Smith this week against the New Orleans Saints. And I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks against the Tennessee Titans. We, we talked a little bit about this earlier in the QB streaming with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Cooks is, you know, he's just the man in, in Houston. He There's really no getting around it. And like I said earlier, I, I do think ten, Tennessee is going to score. And I love their defense this week, specifically, uh, you know, as a streaming option. But Cook is still the Texans' only real weapon on offense. He's 11th in the NFL in targets with 83. He's 7th in total receptions with 57. And he's the target share leader on his team by the widest margin of any other player to any other team. The next closest player on his team has 30 targets and he has 83. So, you know, will Tennessee, you know, do what's smart and prudent and try to take cooks out of the game? Probably. But I mean, I would think that that would be the game plan against Houston every week and it doesn't seem to be working. So either cooks is just that talented and is able to get open or, you know, other teams just haven't been able to, uh, you know, sort of corral him and what makes you think that the, uh, you know, the worst team versus wide receivers in the NFL is going to uh, be able to do that. So I really like Brandon Cooks in a game that I think the Texans are going to have to throw the ball a ton. I, th- I think Cooks gets double digit targets and obviously leads that team in in fantasy points. So as far as who I want to sit this week, I don't like Tyron McLaurin. Uh, versus the Carolina Panthers. They're the third best 
defense against the wide receiver position as a whole. They've only given up on average 125 yards a game to the wide receiver position. And they have Stefan Gilmore as well as many other players in that backfield defensively. Uh, so Terry McLaurin, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, you, you're, you're riding the pine this week. I don't see you getting many points uh, against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that one. I'm going to go chase Claypool as my sit this week. Now, I know Claypool didn't play last week. He was injured. Uh, I, I do expect him to be back this week. It sounds like uh, it was just a, you know, sort of a, a little nick that kind of, unfortunately, bad timing is going to keep him out of this game, a toe injury. But um, the Chargers are the fifth best team versus the wide receiver. We've talked about this before. They're really tough against wide receivers, especially the deep threat wide receivers on each team. They don't give up a lot of deep, you know, chunk passes and and long touchdowns. They're also the third best team in the league, allowing only 12 passing touchdowns, but actually the third worst team in the league, allowing the same amount, 12 rushing touchdowns, um, which obviously teams uh, in the NFL nowadays score more through the air, which is why there's such a disparity with the same amount. But I feel like when Pittsburgh throws the ball, even when they are in situations where they're going to throw, it either goes to Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, or it seems like Friar Moose now is, is kind of, um, you know, kind of made his way into that triumvirate of receiving targets for, for Ben Roethlisberger. So Claypool's had a really tough year, obviously dealing with the injury um, and against a, a good charger secondary uh, I just don't see Claypool uh, coming back off of an injury and being uh, very useful to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I see a, a big Najee Harris week against that smaller defensive front for the Los Angeles Chargers. And looking to start tight ends this week. Uh, my start of the week, I'm looking at CJ Uzuma, uh versus the Las Vegas Raiders. They are the second worst versus the tight end position uh, on average. Average, they're giving seven receptions a game, 73 yards a game. Uh, that's, you know, roughly 14, 15 points a game to the tight end position in an offense that's that dynamic. And basically, like, that's it. I mean, it just it spells it out for you. I, I think he's going to be a solid player this week. They're going to look to try to take away some of the wide receiver position. They have an aggressive defense. Uh, and I think that costs them versus the tight end position. So uh, looking for Cincinnati tight end CJ Uzumwa as my start of the week for tight ends. And I'm going to go with our top, I guess, you know, what you would call streaming option. Again, we, we, we discussed whether he's actually a streamer or not, but I think because of the injury and the poor performance this past week, uh, I, I consider Dawson Knox a streamer. Uh, going up against Indianapolis this week, they're the fourth fourth worst team versus the tight end position. I know we only had one reception on one target on Sunday, uh, but again, he was coming off of a, an injury in a game where Buffalo was so far ahead that there was no real need to, you know, throw the ball and, and get him involved. I think he will be needed this week uh, versus Indianapolis. I think the the Colts should be able to score some points uh, against Buffalo. Their offense has been playing really well. And I think Buffalo's going to have to really lean on that offense. And when they've had to do that in the past, Austin Knox has been a big part of that. So I really like, like Knox this week versus the Indianapolis Colts. I hope you're right. <laughs> uh, as far as 
tight ends I'm not a fan of, and, and this is where I laugh because I'm probably going to switch Knox for my current starter at tight end, uh, Kyle Pitts versus the New England Patriots this week. Uh, we saw how poorly Atlanta did uh, this weekend against Dallas. Uh, New England is just a really smart, tough football team, and they are the second best against the tight end position. They're only giving up 29 yards a game versus the tight end position, and they've only given up three touchdowns. Uh, to me, it just looks like the all hope is going to be lost on Kyle Pitts this week. This is definitely going to be one of those games where he gets beat up. Now, ironically, if I bench him, maybe he blows up. Something crazy happens in garbage time. But uh, I think this is a tough game for the Falcons. I think they get taken to task again this week. Maybe not as much on the scoreboard, but just as a game overall. Uh, don't like Kyle Pitts this week against the New England Patriots. I would definitely find a better option if I could. And I'm going to go ahead and sit uh, Austin Hooper versus the Detroit Lions. Hooper caught the only touchdown versus New England this past week. But against Detroit, who really struggles versus the run and with, you know, potentially either a hurt Baker Mayfield or possibly even Case Keenum as your starting quarterback, I don't see Cleveland wanting to come out and throw the ball a whole lot. I think that uh, this is going to be one of those games where Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson sort of combine for somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 35 to 40 carries. And, um, you know, they, the, the Browns just kind of lean on their defense and their run game to, to sort of wear down uh, the Detroit Lions. And uh, I just I don't see a whole lot of pass attempts, period. It, it's just I don't think it's going to be necessary. It's going to be, you know, a, a pretty defensive type game, at least in my opinion. So. I would uh, I would look for a better option than Austin Hooper if you can find one this week versus Detroit. Yeah, uh, I, I don't disagree with that. And finally, speaking of tough defenses, we're going to move to the start of the week for me on defense. Uh, I love the Tennessee Titans against the Houston Texans. Texans are basically bottom two, bottom three versus defenses. Uh, they give up a ton of points between sacks, turnovers, uh, points against, you name it. Basically, the last, the last four weeks um, have been really strong for uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, they're at home, which is another big factor, uh, and they're averaging – the last four weeks, they're basically averaging 13 points a game. So for a defense, uh, that's pretty solid. That's, that's borderline having a flex at your defense position uh, when they step up to that point. Uh, I know Tyrod Taylor is going to be involved, and, and he's definitely been, you know, a, a good veteran. We talked about Brandon Cooks as a start. He's going to get his points. But overall, defensively, I like the Tennessee Titans, and I like them big time against those against those Houston Texans. Yeah, and in the game we just talked about, the Browns and the Lions, I'm going to start the Cleveland defense. Uh, again, we talked a little bit earlier about how, you know, embarrassed Cleveland probably was by that loss to New England this week. And, um, yeah, just, I, I feel like emotion is a real thing in football. And I feel like these teams that come out and sort of get their ass handed to them, they, they generally respond, at least the good teams, they, they come out and respond really well the following week. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for Detroit, that, uh, that means that they're going to have to face a, a really angry and really tough uh, Cleveland Browns defense this week. So I really like the Browns to uh, to hand it to to Detroit in week 11. 
Sounds good. And teams that are not going to do well on defense, uh, definitely a, a strong sit candidate. Uh, I know we've talked about them throughout the season as being pretty decent, uh, depending on certain matchups. But the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Buffalo Bills, uh, it's just doesn't look good for me. Uh, I, w- I would definitely find a better option. I know they've been one of the better defenses uh, overall throughout the, the fantasy football season for points. Um, but what I don't like, let alone against Buffalo and that offense, but they seem to bleed back points late in games. Uh, I had them on my roster for the last couple of weeks and actually just dropped them. But I would notice that, again, the Jets game and and so on, like they, they started to just give up a lot at the end of games where, you know, you're looking at maybe 16, 18 points and then it goes down to 12 and it goes down to 10 and it goes down to eight. And suddenly they're a run of the mill defense for you where, again, then you look back and maybe you had a better option somewhere. So uh, the Colts have been a little, little hot and cold, so to speak, maybe defensively. Uh, but I definitely would sit them this week against the Buffalo Bills. I don't think they have a shot uh, to maybe even stay in, in positive points. Yeah, they could definitely, they could definitely hurt you. Uh, against the Bills this week. Uh, a, a defense that you may think about starting because of, of a good game that they just had, uh, the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to go ahead and sit them this week against Minnesota. Minnesota's the third best team versus the defense special teams. Now, Minnesota has not scored a ton of points. They're not one of these you know prolific offenses, although they do have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. The reason that Minnesota doesn't give up a lot of points to the other team, uh, the other defense is because they're number one in turnovers on offense. They've only allowed, they only have six turnovers on the season so far. Um, they don't give up a lot of sacks. Kirk cousins is really good with, um, getting rid of the ball, uh, when he feels pressure, uh, dumps it off. He completes a lot of passes. He's got a really high completion percentage. So it's just, they're a tough team to, um, you know, obviously they're not a tough team to beat. They're they're under 500, but they're a tough offense to to kind of score points against defensively in in fantasy football. And I just think that the Packers are going to uh, struggle in that department. Again, they don't turn the ball over a whole lot on the defensive side of the ball, and Minnesota doesn't turn it over on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, barring some some crazy you know punt return or something like that, it's going to be difficult difficult for them to score like a touchdown or anything like that. And then again, with the, with the lack of sacks and interceptions and fumble recoveries and things that, uh, you know, normally the, the Vikings don't allow, it's just going to be, it's going to be difficult for defense for uh, green Bay's defense to, to really do anything. So I, I'm going to sit them this week against the Minnesota Vikings. Hopefully what we gave you here today will help you, you know, push through and, and get a win here in week 11 keep your playoff hopes alive. If, if you're still in playoff contention, I know that uh, in our league of record, everybody's kind of bunched up. We have, we have one team who, um, you know, is a clear, clear leader, uh, you know, I think at eight and one, nine and one, something like that now. And uh, everybody else is kind of in the mix between what, four and six and Six and six. I think we have like six teams at five and five in our league, right? Something like that. Yeah. One. I mean, I'm I'm ranked tenth, and yet if I win and things fall out, I could be in fifth. So I mean, yeah, it totally it's going to flip flop a lot, I think, for us. And it's almost like you know a mirror image of the, the league itself, where uh, you know in the actual real football, um, yeah, you have a couple standout teams, and everybody else is still there. Again, teams that were written off for playoffs, uh, 
you know, after the first two, three weeks, come to find that they're kind of hanging around still. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, like I said, I mean, uh, you know, I, I got beat by 50, but I, at the same time, I'm looking at what my team actually did. And I know when the matchups pan out, I should be a little bit better um, on that level. So uh, I'm not nervous. I have no choice. I'm, I'm all in for this season uh, after making trades and everything else. So uh, I'm either going to win it all or or not. But you know what? It's good to to try to look up and, and get some information and get myself in a good spot, which we're trying to do for my team, Pat's team, uh, and everybody else out there listening. So again, from us here at the nine route, we are looking forward to week 11. Uh, you have the Broncos and the Rams on by. So some of those streamers, uh, some of the waiver pickups are definitely going to help you, um, you know, at your at your skill positions, uh, maybe even a quarterback. So, again, looking to looking to build on week 11 and, and make that playoff charge right now. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, folks. Enjoy your time. We'll see you this time next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. Our email address is the nine route FFB at gmail.com. Make sure to click on the little plus to follow the show. And if you like what we do, leave us a review wherever you're listening. Good luck this week, and we'll be back next week with more fantasy info to take your team deep here on the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast.